0: Welcome to The Space Between the Notes, a Bedroom Disco podcast. I'm Sam Walsh, your host. On this episode, I speak with the American musician and multidisciplinary artist Roberto Carlos Lange, who makes music under the moniker Halado Negro. I first heard Halado Negro's music way back on the S-Town podcast, and then really fell in love in 2019 when he released a record called this is how you smile that album came out when i lived in austin texas and so it reminds me of walking around ut campus in my shorts and t-shirt in december which is a nice place for music to have the power to take you i think since then there have been two new records 2021's far in which is one of my favourites of that year, and now the excellent Phaser, which came out on February 9th via 4AD. Roberto and I talk about his process a lot and specific songs on the record. It was a lovely conversation. Just before I play the tape, I wanted to say that I have a bunch of banked episodes of this podcast that I will try to get to editing and releasing soon. I had a rough end to 2023 and needed a break, but some of those conversations are awesome and include Brandon McDonald from Home is Where, Gabby Smith from Gabby's World, Phil Elvrum aka The Microphones and Mount Erie, and Brian Weitz, aka Geologist from Animal Collective. I'm looking forward to sharing them when I can. Here's my conversation with Roberto Carlos Lange. Well, I love your work, and I've been following it since I first heard your music on the S-Town podcast back in 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. That's crazy. That's a deep cut, man. (laughs) Um, But since then, you've released some brilliant records, and Phaser's no exception. I've loved diving into it. Um, One thing I really love about your music is... That it always seems to come from this deep place of curiosity about art and the world and i want to start by quoting yourself to you <laughs> you have said uh the oh, songs dear. are the fruit but i love what's under the dirt the unseen magical processes i don't want everybody to see it because not everyone cares to see it some of us just want the fruit i do but i want to grow the fruit too I think that's a beautiful sentiment to value the process as much as the outcome. So my first question is, how do you make sure that you protect this love for the process in such a outcome-oriented culture?
1: Uh, I think in my own work and my own practice, I uh, know that I'm not going to share everything that I do so I think that's a kind of a big part of protecting it things that you know that are really only for you and and that's it you know there's not like um i mean i think that's how that that's at least how i protect it you know i don't i don't really like always feel the need to share everything i make and it's kind of cool to have like all these little these recordings and these 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 ideas that you at least i do i'm not i'm not as organized as some people but I just like stumble upon them through hard drives. I kinda like sift through things and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And it's like cool. And I listen back to it. And it makes me think of something. And then though it may not be something that's literally used for something that's shared, it ends up influencing um creating something that day or or doing something with 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 those things. And I and I think case in point is um on the newest record on Phaser. I um, made a bunch of recordings in twenty nineteen with this machine called the Salmarm, it's a synthesizer made by Salvatore Martorano, and, and I had been like corresponding with the archivist there for, since 2015, and then in 2019, I got an opportunity to record it, and you know, spent quite a few hours recording it, and um, and I think I had specific intentions after the fact, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep it very pure, I'm going to keep it yada yada, I was like kind of making all these rules, and then um, in making Phaser, you know, I returned to those recordings just to listen to them. And I was like, you know what, let me just use these however I see fit. And they don't need to exist um, in this pure way. They can be what they want to be. And and that's kind of protecting the process, too, in terms of just knowing the thing that happened is the thing that happened. But then the, there was complete, like a completely different outcome that that um that doesn't necessarily reveal the um the whole process but it kind of like is this whole other uh place you could be without having to kind of like continue to like be so uh restricted with yourself so
0: what did those recorded sound like like before you started sculpting them into phaser were they quite abstract or like how much
1: of those sounds made it onto the record they're in there. They're they're buried or they're they're or they're present depending on the song or maybe not even included in some of the songs, you know. But um, there's a song on, on the record called "Echo Tricks Me," and there's these kind of like bursts of kind of like noisy, noisy like interludes that kind of happen between sections sometimes, like that kind of like uh, bridge uh, the energy between one section and the next. And um, that's like maybe the rawest you'll ever hear it in on the record, where it's like that's pretty much what the Salmar sounds like and um and then the other ways that it was used were uh, a little more processed where it was like I just cut up parts and made loops or created textures that are like embedded in the the arrangement Mm. well there's a very specific process that you had for this record but do you
0: have like a more general process for the way that you like to make music because i know that you produce and engineer everything and that like while you do collaborate with people you're kind of the very much like the sonic overlord um yeah of your records uh and while they are somewhat accessible pop songs often they're very richly textured recordings and there are a lot of layers so it must take a really long time um i just wonder if you have a way that you like to write songs?
1: I don't I don't have a way. I think I start with sounds and sounds meaning whether I'm playing guitar or finding like loops with a sampler or just kind of noodling on a synthesizer and and kind of just waking up and feeling like, okay today I'm going to mess with this, you know, and and I think that that agreement in that moment um gives way to time spent doing something and the outcome is or the expectations are so low it's like i'm not setting myself up to make a song today i'm just in my studio messing around with some sounds and i think that's that's kind of like the bar that i set myself at. i'm just like cool and then the things that i end up finding are um are the surprises and 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 gives me the ability whether i'm like motivated or not to kind of like develop them into songs so there's not really like it's not like i find the voice or i'm not like writing words in advance but i do take a lot of notes so there's like i have like a lot of notes where like i just have like phrases and words and things that i've read and movies that i've seen and you know think words that are like oh that's brilliant what does that even mean you know uh (laughs) Uh, just, just kind of, the same way I create music. I have like, tons and tons of recordings and and these ideas that I take from, and I, and then I start to kind of like compile them. And I'm just like, oh yeah, these are these are moments in time now that I can, I see what I want to do. So so the process is not. Just like me, it's not so um. It's not just one thing. It's kind of everything. Mm. Well, yeah, and as well, you're a multidisciplinary artist.
0: You work with video and sculpture, right? And so, like, how does work working
1: with different practices inform your music, do you think? I love making videos um, and, and kind of more video-oriented work. And um, I made all the music videos for this newest record. And I think that was, like, my first language was, like, understanding visual... Um, ideas and kind of like and i think uh, yeah i think i can i think when i'm making music and not and and i'm not saying this in any kind of like parallel to like synesthetic um ideas it more so i just when i'm making music it's a lot easier for me to think about things and shapes and textures um as opposed to being like because i don't have that language i don't have the language of like musical theory so i don't um i don't you know i'm not i'm not talking about what what, what scale this is in you know or, or, or modality this is in so so when i'm doing that it's kind of like it's a little like oblique where people are like when i'm working with musicians they're like oh, okay so what do you what do you mean you know um but it's a lot more fun like that because then it's then it's like um you're kind of like reinterpreting music that maybe you you thought you understood but then you're kind of like you know, thinking about it in a different way. But it also happens in reverse for me as well. Sometimes, e- even more specifically to this record, you know, we've been rehearsing it like crazy and then working with my musicians that I work with for the live show. And, um, uh, you know, and I'm trying to figure out where the one is and, and they're explaining it to me and everyone's feeling it in a different place. And it's, it's a hilarious thing because I think that's a big part of when I'm making music is like, i'm just trying to make it for myself and trying to make sure it's like something that i really really enjoy and i'm not thinking about the live show and i'm not thinking about what people are going to think about this song or does it sound like previous records etc it's just like really trying but then like when i'm rehearsing i'm like oh my god why did i make this so weird like why is like you know why does it why did i start singing at this moment you know um just because there's a lot of asymmetrical forms inside there. Even though a lot of it sounds really simple, um, there's a lot of, like, um, strange arrangements in terms of um, where things start and stop.
0: Well, there's also, like, a a huge number of esoteric influences on your record as well. Like, the notes for Phaser include some familiar names, but also some, some pretty... Um, yeah wild and varied ones do you have like a a particular way that you go about discovering things that influence your work because they're just so varied across genre and era
1: and art form and i think i've always uh, since i was a little kid i think i've always just been curious about things that weren't on the radio and um i don't know why i don't know why i don't i don't really know why i chose the the difficult path (laughs) but um i should have uh you know tried to like things that everybody else likes um i don't think that's uh, (laughs) it it's it's rich it's rich in finding out that um people are making cool shit that isn't known and and it's not some pretentious exclusivity kind of like feeling for me it's it's really more excitement uh when you find something that you're like wow why doesn't everybody else love this you know like this is so good and 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 my intention with that is to share it you know it's like i'm like man you should listen to this this is amazing and i've always loved that and i think the community of friends that i've had that's kind of been our like maybe the if people were hanging out with us they would think it was really boring but i think we're just like total music geeks on stuff we we really love like sharing songs with each other and talking about sounds and songs and movies and you know i don't know and 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 it's just fun it's like really just like this kind of like pure joy mm. well a great example of that is the opener
0: lfo or uh, lupe finds oliveros and the production is really rich and dense and the influences are obscure the songs named for one of the Fender assembly ladies Lupe Lopez and the ambient artist Pauline Oliveros but the the lyrics are about doom scrolling Uh, I love this song how are these things connected for you how does Lupe meet Oliveros here and how are they connected with the lyrics
1: yeah I think it's like doom scrolling and then finding a realization that you're um you're missing connections and how um lupe i don't know anything about lupe so it's not like i would even pretend to know i don't I don't know anything about her life uh, my, I, I just found it as like i would find out about music or find out about someone uh obscure who drew the art for some amazing record that i'm like man i wish i knew who this artist was you know or the interesting thing about lupe was that um for me at least was just like stumbling upon her photo and it was just so mysterious and i was like wow this is really interesting and cool and it's this black and white photo and she's at her um at her workbench at fender guitar in the 50s at least that's what all the, the caption says and on the floor you can see like three or four um like fender champ amps being assembled and my assumption is that she's like assembling one on her bench and in the forum that i found her photo in, there's all these people who are just like um collectors of her of her amps because and the reason they know is lupe is because she signed lupe inside of i'm guessing for like quality control and so then people became like enthusiasts of her amps because they created a very specific um wanted tone that the other fender champs didn't and um, i thought that was amazing in respect to you know this design existed and i'm sure like quite a few other people were building those amps and for some reason hers stood out and i think it kind of just like um this testament to something that Pauline was talking about with deep listening where it's just like, it's not necessarily that she was deep listening, but she was taking this like care and specific, um, care and intention to like smaller things in life, which is like, you know, just listening, not listening to music, but just kind of like listening in general, but then also like listening to yourself when you're doing smaller things in, in the world. And and I felt like there was like a deeper connection with that, how you can do these things. And then all of a sudden it kind of resonates in such a large way. Uh, literally and metaphorically, obviously with these amps, but um, that people were gravitating themselves towards these amps because they were making this unique sound and because she put this care and talent and touch into making them and made them unique, even though this design already existed and you know anyone could have built it, but for some reason, because what she did, I thought it was special. To kind of achieve this deeper listening, this deeper moment, this deeper kind of like care, Like, you kind of have to take a lot of time. And I feel like we're kind of like in this instant Zen universe now where everyone wants everything to be, you know, like this calmness, this care, you know, this self-care This kind of like, I want it today and I want to be able to like be okay today. And it's like, that's fine. You should be, but it's not going to be instant, you know? And and I think I was thinking about that a lot, too.
0: Well, another one of the songs that I love from this record that you wrote in English Is Best for You and Me, which is this heartbreaking song about your parents splitting up. The thing that I love about this song is that it has so much tension in it. There, There are a few ways that you create the tension. One of those ways is by juxtaposing this very sad subject matter with kind of bright, uplifting melodies, which is something you've always done beautifully in your work. But another way that's very special with this song is you have this great driving rhythm that runs through and the piano part is totally unbound, like completely free to go wherever it wants. And the effect of that is so arresting and surprising for something so simple. So I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that decision and that song in general.
1: Yeah, the song was pretty much just the... um the that, that synth slash bass line. It's like doong doong And um I had written the melody and the voice And that was it for a while, for a long time. And there was like this like metronomic like tick 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 in the background that you can kinda hear right at the beginning. It's not as loud as it was at the beginning. It was like really loud. It was a cool texture. I used to love it when I first started it. And then um I brought in my friend opal who did gemini and leo with me and i already had the chords worked out so i was like look just play the chords (laughs) and uh i was like just play these chords but let's add some embellishments you know with the intention of i was going to rearrange it all and then when she was playing i was like well this sounds cool let's just you know the take was just like she was just messing around she was like i don't know like do you want some of this and i was like yeah maybe some of that and you know it's kind of just like it was more of just like an agreement that like we would just see what we found with it. Cause we're, it, it's two chords. It's not like there, it's nothing very complicated. So she was just, um, riffing off of these two chords that I gave her, you know, which are the two chords from the baseline, which isn't a baseline. It's like these synth chords, you know? So that's all she was doing was just playing those two chords. And, but it was just great because, it, again it's kind of going back to this like idea of like what what i was saying with the process like uh, the expectation wasn't set to be like here's the sp- specific like arrangement for the song i didn't set it up in her mind like that and so it felt great and then the drums were just like really just like i was like let's just do this let's just make this beat my friend jason trammell
0: played the drums i love that one and i
1: love flores as
0: well this is my other fave Oh, Which cool. is kind of about That's longing to, to spend more time with lost ones, um, and it's kind of the most like languid track on the record. It has this like slow strum, like slow strummed part, and it feels very influenced by kind of like drone music um, and electroacoustic music. But it also has these like more sinister sounding chords than some of the other tracks on Phaser. Yeah, like uh, you kind of answered this already, but I wonder how you match particular moods to lyrics like do the lyrics come separately from songs like how do you write the words to or how do you do you do you just like match things together do you write them separately
1: like that one's a little bit more um traditional in the sense that there are these guitar chords and i was playing them and then like as soon as i started playing them i was like i mean i could hear this kind of setting, you know Like I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. there is a melody, you know? And so I think I got like the first three words and and then I was like, you know, what? let me just record this and then kind of just start writing like that as opposed to sitting here and trying to play it, because sometimes that can kind of like uh, if I don't put it down uh, in a recorded version, I think it it kind of like um, I lose my uh, excitement for it because then. I like to start to arrange immediately you know, so, like, I'll put the guitar in there, and then I'll be like, oh, let me just, like, add 300 things, you know, immediately, and then, you know, and then after a week, I'll go back to it, and then be like, you know, let me just take everything out, and just, like, go back to the vocal melody and, and the guitar, so I think that's, like, that's, I would say, true to that song, how I wrote that, and, like, just the words then start to kind of, like, you know, like I think the first words that appear in my mind and I'm like, well, let me use that as like a direction. Like, why am I resting my voice in your arms? You know, that's what the first words mean. And, uh, and you know, I started thinking about what that really means for me, you know, and, and kind of just digging around for a theme and kind of keeping it keeping it poetic, but keeping it fluid. Well, since you're on the space between the notes, the final question is
0: always the same. Uh, And since you're only on the second episode of our new 2024 season, the list of multiple choices is only one long. (laughs) Um, So the question is, apart from music, what is the most fun thing? Is it A, sleeping, or B, other? And if you choose other, your choice will be added to the list for future episodes.
1: Oh, it's other. My, my choice is other. It's spending time with my partner, for sure. Just uh, I think the exciting thing about being with someone you really enjoy being around is like being able to kind of like indulge in the things that aren't exciting, but have somebody there with you that you're, you're both kind of able to make those those things that would have been really boring by yourself uh, really exciting together you know
0: that's a nice sentiment to end on I guess well thanks so much for uh, taking the time to speak to me I love the record hopefully I'll get to see it live
1: at some point we're just playing London we're gonna play Scala you should you should come man uh it's the 7th of March if not, you can come to uh, Utrecht or Stockholm <laughs> or Brussels. You know, I don't know. Pick your pick your pick your place. We're playing We're Latvia and Estonia. Oh wow! Have <laughs> you been Lithuania. Uh,
0: have you been to Eastern Europe before? Never. No, this is like oh, a man. whole that'll be fun.
1: Other it's adventure out there. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, man. We'll take care. Enjoy the rest
1: of your day. All right, man. Thank you so much for everything.
0: This podcast is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Sam Walsh, with music from Greg Dixon. Thanks to anyone who listened.